You guys, today is National Indigenous Persons Day here in Canada, and it's a chance for us to recognize the contributions of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. Uh, many of you will know that I'm Métis myself. I'm a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta. Today is also Father's Day, a day where we celebrate dads, a day where we listen to their stories about when I was a kid and try to pay attention the whole time. Uh, for me, these two special days have kind of combined into one. Uh, a chance to honor my dad, who is an Indigenous person, uh, who is not only a loving father, but a great advocate for Indigenous people here in Fort McMurray. My dad spent two, days, two decades working for Suncor in their Aboriginal Affairs Department. And in that time, my dad was able to help executives at Suncor understand Indigenous people better. And since 1999, Suncor has done almost $5 billion worth of business with Indigenous companies here in Fort McMurray. My dad was able to get them seats at the table and help them to be better understood by companies here in Fort McMurray. Add to that raising five well-adjusted children, being alive for all four Rough Rider Grey Cup wins, and, <laughs> and working out his faith in an honest way for all of his kids to see. My dad did pretty good for himself, but it wasn't always easy for him. My dad, when he was four, found himself in an orphanage like many other indigenous children in that time found themselves. And it was difficult. And I don't know much about my dad's time there, except that I know it was not good, uh, that he experienced and saw things that no person should experience or see, especially a child. And the thing that I think I have learned from my dad is that where we start in life it doesn't determine where we end up, that the things that happen to us don't decide who we come, that our circumstances, they don't define us. How we rise to them does. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about Jesus and the amazing things that he did. And we talked about him turning water into wine. We talked about him using mud to heal a blind man. We talked about him raising his friend Lazarus from the dead. Compelling stories that show us that he truly is the Son of God, that he truly is God with us. And these stories are incredible and they're so big and they make us believe that Jesus was entirely God, but sometimes we can forget that he was fully human too, that he lived breathing the same air that we do, that he walked this earth drinking the same water that we do, that he experienced the same things that you and I do. And the four Gospels are the best sources of information we have on Jesus. The four books right at the beginning of the New Testament written by Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Each one was written uh, from a different perspective, but they all capture different parts of the same story. Matthew focused on connecting the dots between ancient Jewish scripture and Jesus, trying to show his Jewish counterparts that Jesus was the coming Messiah. John wrote us his gospel with the goal of convincing people that Jesus was the Savior of the world. And, and Mark, he wrote his gospel to mostly a non-Jewish audience, trying to convince them that Jesus was the Son of God, someone worth following. And then there's Luke. Luke's goal was just to write down the facts. The right at the start of his account, he tells us that it was his goal to thoroughly investigate and record the events of the life of Jesus. 
And that's why Luke's account of the life of Jesus is my favorite. It's just so matter of fact. It's so raw and honest. Now, one of the shifts we've made here in the last couple months at Fort City is that we've moved to pre-recording all of our online services. And so that means the messages that you see on a Sunday morning are actually recorded on Thursdays. Last week, I came to the church and I recorded Doug preaching his sermon, took the memory card home, I went down into my basement, plugged it into the computer, and I realized suddenly that I had forgot to hit the record button. So I had to text Doug and let him know that we had to reshoot his whole sermon. It was not the favorite conversation I've ever had to have with him. I felt pretty bad about it. And the other thing that we do here is we record worship on Saturdays. So the worship you see on Sundays are recorded on Saturdays. And one of our sound techs, Ian, takes it home and he runs it through his computer. He mixes it, adds some processing and some uh, effects to it. And then he sends it to me and I put it in the video. And last week, Ian sent me his edited version of the worship, and uh, I heard some funny things going on with my voice, uh, some bad notes, and so I kind of thought maybe he misapplied some vocal correction. And, and so I texted him, I said, Ian, what'd you put on my voice here in this part of the song? It sounds like I'm hitting the wrong notes. And Ian had to tell me, no, Lucas, I didn't do anything to it. That's just how you sang it. It sounds bad because you sang it bad. I know that can't be a comfortable, that couldn't have been a comfortable conversation for Ian to have with me, but the truth is facts are our friends. The truth, when we know the truth, we can make informed decisions. The facts are our friends. And Luke was a fact guy. And one of the facts that he thought it was important for people to know was that Jesus was human. Luke is the one who told us that Jesus learned things the same way that you and I have to. Uh, there's this temptation for us sometimes to think of Jesus as some sort of demigod who had all the knowledge and ability that he needed to do whatever he needed. No, Jesus, he had to learn. Luke is the one that told us that Jesus was genuinely surprised by the, the, the faith of the Roman centurion. Uh, can you imagine being the guy who surprised the creator of the universe? Luke is the one who lets us know that Jesus got tired, that he spent all his time leading people and preaching and healing, and that often he left him feeling drained and exhausted, that the burden of his ministry took an incredible toll on him. Jesus is alone, and he's on his knees praying to his Father in heaven. He is feeling weak and tired, and he knows the next day that he's gonna be brutally beaten, that men are gonna spit on him, and they're gonna raise their fists to him and hit him. He knows the next day that is coming is gonna be brutal. He knows what is coming, and the burden of tomorrow weighs heavy on his heart, and his friends can't even stay awake to comfort him. Luke tells us that Jesus was in anguish, and I imagine Jesus beating his chest and, and, and drops of sweat falling off of his face as he struggles, as he asks God, please don't make me do this. Please take this cup from me. But not my will, yours be done. Jesus is in anguish, hurting and anxious. Not the typical way we think about Jesus, is it? Guys, can we have an honest, honest moment here? 
I'm, I'm tired. I mean, I'm not Jesus tired, but I am tired. It's been a crazy couple of months balancing kids at home and work and, and trying to be a present father and a present husband has been difficult. And I'm thankful that we're able to do online church like this. I am, but it's different and I, I miss you guys. And I know that many of you are tired too. It hasn't been easy for any of us these last few months. I asked my mom the other day if she had experienced any time in her life like this one, and she said nothing even compares. And you guys, she would know she's really old. Jesus knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to feel the burden of tomorrow, to feel alone and to feel abandoned by his friends, to be wrongly accused, to not how enough. He knew what it felt like to be burdened, and broken. He knew because he lived it. And now he knows what it's like to be you. He knows your burdens. He knows your hurts. He knows your anxieties and your worries. He knew what it was like to live them. And now he knows what it's like for you to live them. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. He said, this high priest of ours, talking about Jesus, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know, we don't serve and follow a God who is perched on some far off distant star in the universe, stoic and aloof. No, we serve a God who loves us and knows what it's like to be us. And he wants to be in our lives and help us walk through the troubles that we experience. We have a God who put off his own divinity, set it aside, put on human skin, and chose to walk a lifetime in our shoes. Are you tired? Well, he knows it. Are you anxious? He knows it. Are you afraid? He knows it. Do you feel alone? Do you feel isolated? He, he knows it. Do you feel heartbroken? He knows that too. He knew it, and now he knows what it's like to be you. But just knowing something isn't really enough, is it? A few years ago, I sat around the campfire with my friends, Matt and Steph, you know them. Uh, Steph is another incredible indigenous person that I am so incredibly proud of. She's a fierce advocate for indigenous people here in Fort McMurray, but we were sitting around the campfire with some new friends, people who didn't really know Matt and Steph, and this new friend started talking about how tacky she thinks sparrow tattoos are and how uh, they're uncreative and everyone's got one and why would you ever get it? She went on and on, it was quite funny. And all this time that she's talking about this, I knew one thing. I knew that Steph is one of those people with a tacky sparrow tattoo on her wrist. I knew it. And I could have stopped the awkward conversation right in its tracks, but I didn't. I sat back and I listened and I enjoyed the delightful awkwardness of the moment. And when she was done talking about the tacky tattoos, I looked at Steph and I said, Hey, Steph, aren't, don't you have a sparrow tattoo on your wrist? I'm not a very good friend, you guys. I knew something. I had information that could have helped the situation, but I didn't use it.
Jesus doesn't just stop at knowing what it's like to be like you. He isn't satisfied with only having experienced life like us. No. He knows it's hard to be us. And he's made us an offer. He says, come to me. Come to me, all you with heavy burdens. And you will find rest. It's an invitation for all of us to exchange our burdens, our troubles, for his loving kindness, for his rest. And he does that in two ways. First, he does it as we, the church, we, the people who follow Jesus, carry each other's burdens. When we love each other, it's the same as Jesus himself coming into this world and carrying us. You have to be part of a church. It's one of the primary ways that God chose to reveal himself to the world. When we love each other, we're doing the work of Jesus, of answering this invitation, come to me. And then secondly, the second way that he gives us rest is a mysterious and unexplainable way that only the Spirit of God can do. He reaches into our hearts, he reaches into our spirits, and he lifts the burdens off of us. This morning, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, this is your moment. Decide to let him lead your life. Let him take all that crap you're carrying around with you, take it off of your shoulders, and exchange it for something better. And this morning, if you're tired, if you're one of those people like me who are burdened, whatever it is, this is your moment too. Bring it to Jesus. Let him exchange your heavy burdens for his rest. You guys, he knows your burdens because he knew them himself. Come to him this morning. Ask him to change your heart. Ask him to take away your heart and your troubles, your anxiety, and replace it with only the rest that he can. You guys, let's take a minute and let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you know what it's like to be us. And we thank you that you care about our troubles, about our hearts, about our hangups and anxieties and troubles. Jesus, thank you that you care. And Jesus, for the people watching today and for, for everyone experiencing this service together, I, I ask one thing, that you would help us to accept that invitation to come to you with what burdens us. And that we would discover what it means to find rest in the creator of the universe. Jesus, you are good to us. You have reached out your hand to us. Help us gain the courage to reach out back to you. Pray this in your holiest of names. Amen. You guys, we're going to take just a minute together now. The worship team is going to come back and then we're going to, we're going to listen and worship together in a song. And I want to encourage you, don't rush away from this moment. Take a moment now to consider where you are feeling burdened and tired. Set aside this moment to consider that Jesus has invited you to bring it to him and just in whatever way you can, bring it to him. Give it up and walk away from this, this, this service this morning feel, feeling lighter, feeling encouraged and less burdened down. Jesus wants to do it for you this morning, so let's do it.